Hi, Simon Hare from Active Exchange here with a podcast for our academy. I'm joined with by Richard Hutchison from GLG New Zealand. How are you going, Richard? Very good. Very good. Thanks, Simon. That's good. Great to see you again. Um, Richard's joined us today to talk about investment plan, the investment planning model and the reports that they've used in New Zealand for some of their projects. Uh, a lot of you will know Richard from his background in the industry uh, for over 25 years. He's GLG, he's expert on sport and business financial modelling, uh, facility demand and utilisation modelling. Um, he's worked both in the UK and New Zealand and uh, he's completed over 150 odd planning projects. So he's a busy man. And recently, GLG and Richard have been using our IPMs as part of their planning process. So Richard, um, just thought we'd start off with a few questions for you. Um, how did you first sort of come across Active Exchange and what was your introduction to IPMs? Oh, I suppose we came across it about, uh, about two years ago now. And um, it was introduced from a, a colleague who uh, met Alex at a conference and as it turned out, Alex and I used to work for the same company back in the UK many years ago, and, and I'd always had a, a knowledge of sort of the, the demand modeling that, that had been done, and, and it, it just really came across as a very valuable potential tool. And, and so it was a sit down, have a chat with Alex, and, and then looking for opportunities where we could actually develop it and start to use it. Yeah, great. Okay. And how would you sort of describe an IPM? Oh, an IPM, it's... I would view it as, as a, a, a demand model, but it's, it's far more sophisticated than that. It, it really looks at the bespoke catchment areas of facilities and how they're actually made up and enables you to do a very um, bespoke and detailed analysis of the catchment and, and, and the types of activities that we can identify from those areas. So it's, I think it's, it's a very comprehensive way of looking at it and taking out a lot of second sort of guesswork and assumptions and the, the the knowledge of what actually happens and actually really put that 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 level of detail on there and then projecting forward as well so it's a, a that really robust way of looking at demand yeah right and i think part of that next question was um what do you like about ipms i think you've touched on a little bit of it there uh, in terms of how yes i think i think that it's it's the um it's the robustness of of the data as well it's because it, it's not just we're not just relying on hunches and, and, and hearsay about how facilities used we really drill in and understand who's using it where they're coming from how far they're traveling and and you can really get a, a very good clear picture of what's happening and it, it's it's it really does help clarify sort of uh, give a really good evidence base and clarify sort of decisions around future facility planning yeah yeah, great. And so you've done a few, um, use, use IPMs on a few projects now. So what, what sort of rough number are those and, and what are the sort of projects you've used them on? I think we're probably getting on for about eight to 10 different projects now. Um, been using a range of, of, of different projects. We've done just single site demand analysis to really understand, well, what is the demand at a particular area? Um, we've done one where we've looked at uh, multiple sites and it's identified if you're going to build a new facility, which of these four or five sites would be the most suitable? And I think that that's that really looks at current use and then potential future use of those sites as well. Um, and we've also used uh, the process looking at a district-wide planning project as well. So we've done a range of different models that that really help clarify 
in terms of that, that that background understanding on the total demand. Yep. And that and those projects themselves, are they range in terms of the size of, of the sites or the catchments that you're dealing with um, and the type of facilities that are going in there as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, some from major urban centres yeah. and where there's a very high level of growth. Um, and so you're looking at that, that for planning for new, new facility provision to meet future growth. So it's not just the current, you are looking 20 years out but also somewhere in very rural facilities and, and having to adapt what we're doing in terms of the catchment area to reflect how local people access facilities and, and travel to facilities. So it's from very big, large scale developments through to much smaller community aquatic facilities that serves a very large rural catchment area. So we've, we've covered off quite a broad, broad spectrum of different projects. Yeah. And is there a certain stage or is it part or stages through the process of planning these facilities that you think an IPM sits best or, or use it in different ways at different stages? We have used them in different ways, um, different stages. They are found very good at, right at the very beginning in terms of if, looking at that um, site analysis, great way of identifying what the potential catchment area is going to be like and what the potential user numbers could be in different areas to really help that early stage. Fantastic in that detailed um, sort of feasibility and operational planning where you can get a thorough understanding of how many people were projecting to come and use the facility and different types of activities. And, and then again, in really looking at the types of activities that you should be putting in the facilities to meet the need. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it really does help at that, that stage as well. So it's, it, I suppose it's broad spectrum. We, we've even used one at a late stage to come back in and almost do a peer review of a process to saying, is this proposing the right type of facility? And, um, and that's been, it's another useful way of doing it where it really puts a, ask some hard questions about why a particular option has been chosen. Yep. And how, how do you incorporate that into your planning process? So, or the IPMs into what you've done in, in your, in those projects. So um, even down to, you know, does it supplement or, or replace part of the um, research you used to do, or how do you, how do you kind of bring it into your process, I guess? Or, and again, I know it's probably different for different projects depending on whether it's area-wide or specific, but maybe um, yeah, if you can give us a couple of examples of how you do that. Yeah, I suppose we, it, mainly it, it will replace some work that we used to do because we used to look at some demand assessment as well, but it takes it to a whole lot, you know, significantly more robust and greater level of detail. It enables a far greater analysis of what we should be doing so it's it is a bit little bit of a replacement of an early stage where we'd have looked at the demand in in in, in other ways but it, it really does actually then enable you to take it far further and add significant value to the overall process that we're doing yeah and allows you guys to do more of your your work on top of that i guess I, it does yes yeah there's, there's there's still always the need to be going out and doing the consultation and really understanding individual needs and of, of different user groups and, and understanding strategically how it fits. But, yep. but this gives a, um, 
it, it really helps inform some of those discussions um, yeah. as well. So it, you, it gives you a framework where you can start to test ideas and, and also challenge people as well as part of the consultation to, to really understand and ensure that they can justify what they're saying that the needs are as well. And it is it's sort of one piece of the puzzle, isn't it? It's not yeah. the all and end all. You need to kind of sit that against context of the area you're in and other information yeah. you've got. So have you found that, you know, how to complementing those things or challenging sometimes, as you say? Uh, a, a few places it has challenged in terms of thought, the thought process. Um, often it's around the size and scale of facility in terms of what needs of people are trying to do. Yeah. Um, and and that's often been a locally driven desire that potentially is overscaling the size of facility that's actually yep. required or, or even putting the wrong type of facilities in for the future demand. Yep. And it's actually understanding the community would use a facility in a different way to sometimes the, the user groups that got a very strong voice and opinion will be, um, will, would have you believe. So it's, it really works well like that. Yeah, and I've heard from some that I mean, in some cases, it it might sort of just confirm your your not gut feel, but your educated guess feel initially already. You know, we think this is what, it, and and this can help provide a bit of evidence to back up that sort of insight or that intuition to some extent. Yes, yeah, it it, it can. It, it it's sort of a you you do tend to get a feel of where things sit and and. and well, how accurate some of the, the sort of the, the, some options are. And, and, but this really does give you a, a sort of like a backup to saying, well, was that gut feel right? And, mm. and um, have we got the evidence to go with it? Yep. But I suppose one thing as well is, is it's using that gut feel. So when you see some results, occasionally you look at it and we challenge back to you guys and say, that, that doesn't sit right. Yep. yep. And it's, but then it's really going back into, some of our assumptions that we've given you in terms of what the catchment area would be and how far people would travel. And you can then you can really start to overlay that local knowledge just to make sure that we're putting our appropriate parameters for that particular location. So it's, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's very good to actually complement a whole range of different, different ways of looking at individual projects. Yeah. And how does it sort of differ from the past? I mean, what did you do before? IPMs, you talked a little bit earlier about you would have done some demand things yourself. I don't necessarily mean specifics, but yeah, how, what was what, how, what suppose, gap is it filling or where is it adding to the what you did or how'd you oh, do it before? Yeah, it, it adds it adds significantly, and I suppose the two the two key differences is if we're looking at catchment areas, because previously we'd be working off whether it's a TA boundary or census areas, and, and there would be a little bit of an educated guesswork about how big that should be. Um, we're using the data out of um, the IPM. We've got a, a very bespoke catchment area based on travel times, which really actually gives you a, a, a far more realistic view of where people go and, and travel patterns. So that's one area where it's significantly different. Um, and then the other areas, when you start looking at the demand side and where you're using all the, um, the mosaic data on population and, and really breaking down to look at the different characteristics and, and how people from 
different segments participate and which activities they participate in, that gives a, a, a far greater level of depth and analysis rather than, than looking at a the aquatic participation rate is 15%. It's, you're using quite defined and, and, and a, a grand, more granular way of looking at it rather than using bespoke district-wide metrics. And, and it, it, it does give a lot more certainty in terms of the, the numbers yeah. that are coming out. Mm -hmm. and, and what other sort of data set or information do you put you know, if you get an IPM done on a project, um, you know, I assume you're doing some other overlays yourself with other information, whether it's other demographic info or mm. other data you've collected. What are those kind of things and, and that you sort of bring in to sit next to it or complement or oh. how do you work with it? Yeah, well, we we will look at a, a quite a detailed demographic analysis. Um, often projects are done on a, a TA level. So you, you're looking at at aligning the data with the data that they regularly use. So you're looking at that in a level of detail that we put into place. Um, so where else do we do we look? There's a lot. Oh. Yeah, it's used it against, I mean, you talked there before about sense checking almost. Um, yeah the gut feels is there, I mean, sorry, sense checking the data that comes in and does it feel right? Um, you know, assume again, as you say, you, you can, part of that is looking at the other demographic data and seeing, yeah. you know, does that, does that make sense? You know, if you, if you're saying demand is, you know, 2000, but the population is, you know, a thousand in, yeah, that's obviously yeah. a, a misalignment. So we're checking those things or, um, is there other data you get from whether it's user surveys or other you know, yeah. stuff that you bring well, into it as well? We will, where there's existing facilities, it's really looking at the current utilization as well. And, and you can very, it's a very good sense check of, of how many people are going through the facility to what's actually, what's actually projected. It, it sort yeah. of gives you that real good sense check of that. Um, it also looks in, we're looking a lot of detail through all the Sport New Zealand Insights data, which is, is starting to pull a whole lot of other information about participation into a central source so yep. you put all the different variables together and yep. then collectively you can form a, a a more robust view that you've actually got the uh, you, you're coming towards the right answer yeah yeah okay now i can see that um and how how so far because ipms are still relatively new in terms of um being in in the industry and being used in these sort of projects so how have you found they've been received by, uh, you know, other stakeholders, whether that's clients or co other colleagues in the industry, you know, positively or negatively? Um, yeah. Do have a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, mainly, it's it's very positive in in the way that it gives a sense of, uh, I suppose it's there's that, I suppose it's the, the depth and quality of the information behind it makes it far more robust in decision making and gives you that confidence to make those decisions um which is probably one of the things that that comes through and we've we've heard from some people who've been working in this area that this is the sort of data they've been looking for for years yep. and it's like we know it's out there but it's actually pulling it together in a way and turning into a all this myriad of different information into a very practical user-friendly way of presenting it back and I think that's been received very positively. The, the only time you have a negative one, it'll 
it's usually where there's a particular local interest or pressure group and it doesn't support it yeah and in terms of what they're wanting to do it it, it counts against it and then uh, they don't believe it but they'd never believe it whatever it was doing unless it fully supported what, what they want to build so <laughs> <laughs> yeah no always a bit of a challenge with that one isn't it um, it is it is and what are what are some of the sort of recent you know uh, project examples you, you don't have to mention specifics or anything like that if you don't want to but um can you give us sort of a you know a bit more detail on some particular projects and how you've used and how it's informed it how it's you know yeah. you've mentioned sort of at high level how it can add value but just a little bit more specific in yeah. some well, projects yeah well, what we did it uh, there was one project so i think it was looking at at five potential locations for a new aquatic center. So mm -hmm. aquatic and fitness um, uh, center in a major growth area. And it was really trying to identify or help identify where the facility should go, what size and scale it should be, and when should we be start to be looking to provide it. Mm -hmm. So that analysis done on, on the, the five sites individually, it could very clearly brought out in terms of location if we build it here what will the throughput be at this stage and uh, what will it be in 20 years time so you can really start to understand where was the best strategic location to, for that long-term planning for, for a new major facility so it really ensured that you were putting it in the area that's going to serve the greatest pop potential population and become most accessible so that really brought that out it also then would look and say so you could actually start sizing and scaling the likes of the fitness facility because you would look and say, well, how many members do we think we're going to be getting at the different locations, which when we start looking at the, the mosaics within the local population, you can actually start to see that moving in some cases, it was half 500 meters actually had a significant change on the user profile and the catchments and and the size and scale of the fitness facility and, and their income generation potential as well. So there were, it, it really had a quite a, a different way of looking at those sites to, to really inform that long-term strategic planning and that operational planning right at an early stage. So it was a yeah, very good, good, robust process there as well. So. Do you incorporate in have you on some of your projects? Um, yeah, that, so that's an area why where you're looking at multiple facilities, where you've looked at a single site, um, and you talked about membership numbers for gym and you know mm. aquatics and those kind of things as well. Do you uh, use those numbers? And you, uh, you know, in in your um, intro there, we talked about your financial modelling um, mm. expertise. So do you use those numbers to feed into your financial models to you know look at what the like the visitation of a facility mm. as well? Yep, yep, very much, very much so. So it, it actually gives a, a a far more, I suppose, more confidence when you're projecting what the user user numbers and throughput figures are going to be. Yep. which ensures that you don't go and put a, an overestimated projection on gym throughput and saying, well, it's going to make the facility sustainable when the reality is it, it would never get to that level of membership. So it's, it, it really does help guide and, and, and put a, well, it's, it's looking at how, especially about how a facility can grow over time. And, and so you're actually going to a, a, a far more informed position of what it would be rather than 
working from the size of facilities and what it potentially could take, it's, it's important to look at what, what the actual demand is going to be. Yeah, yeah, good. And, and that, because I mean, imagine your financial models are running over number of years like a 10 or maybe even a 20 year sort of time frame uh, yes yeah, yeah. You, you know you usually go to to 10 years yeah um and, yeah. and, 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 and so that's and certainly at the very early stages of the process you're just wanting to try and give a a broad framework in terms of what the, what it's likely to cost rather than that, that real detailed operational budget which should come much closer to the time as you're actually getting in and developing and that facility that. yeah so, yeah yeah, I, I suppose there's um, an, another project that, that we did was looking at, it was a almost getting to a funding decision time for, and it was a very large facility that there'd been a desire in the, within the community, the aquatic community and the local board to build a, a very large, almost regional 50 meter pool. Mm -hmm. um, but there was, I suppose, a little bit of pushback of, cost and how it was going to be used and, and side. So, so we actually ran the IPM that looked at the proposed facility and the, and the mix of facilities that were being proposed. And that's something as it, as it went through, you actually came out and, and it, it was very clear that the water area that you'll be providing was far larger than the local community needed. Yeah. And so it was a case of saying, if you are going to go for a large, regional facility there's got to be that large regional demand behind it which when the it, when he was looking at that case it was very difficult to justify that location as the place where you build a very large regional facility okay so it, it put a lot of it was a lot of challenged a lot of assumptions that have been out there over the years mm -hmm. and it's saying well if, if you build a facility to meet your local community needs you'd have a very different mix of facilities going into it Yep. than what you've actually proposed so it's it, it really couldn't use well it's very good to challenge those and 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 real really give an evidence behind those those decisions around what type of facilities you put in and, and who is going to use it and how they're going to use it so it's that it, providing the word of those i suppose it's the those non-regular users the wider community rather than the voice of the stakeholders that are already established in within a facility yeah and and has that has that particular project been resolved at all or is that still part of the discussion now is, is I, I think it's still still part of the discussion but yeah. um i was going to say it's, it's probably fairly close to being being resolved so yeah right. okay well yes. that'd be interesting to to know when you get to the end of that one oh, yes yeah <laughs> but mind, mind you all the the impact of covid might have, have slowed it down a little bit in terms of uh yep. isn't quite the same enthusiasm for for such large-scale developments mm. that we've got to be a bit more circumspect and, and ensure we get them right now so yeah and great news is now today i think officially we can get back over to new zealand too so and, and vice versa on the travel bubble we did we did i heard the first planes already landed so yeah good stuff that's gonna be it's gonna be great so yeah well, there was an, another project we did was in with um it was um uh selwyn in just south of christchurch mm -hmm. that was also looking at a a district-wide strategy mm -hmm. and they've got there's a lot of growth coming around um one town where the main facility is but there's a lot of other smaller rural towns that are experiencing a little bit of growth mm -hmm. when we ran the ipm on the 
district as a whole, we actually identified we'd got, it was nearly, what was it, one and a half to two times the pool area that was actually demanded for the population that we'd got. Yeah. Um, and it was a, a really, it was interesting discussions there about it, it's all to do with the future strategic direction is about ensuring you've got the right quality of facilities. It's not about constantly we've got to build more and they've got one, so we want one. It was it's very much actually we need to be looking at should we have discussions about rationalising two facilities to provide one good quality one. Yep. And that provided a very good, really good sort of oversight of what's actually happening in the district to inform and help inform all of those discussions with the, all the various stakeholders around what the strategy should be about future provision. Yeah. So it's, it, right. it, it, no, so it's, it's so it can be used in so many different ways as well. Yeah, great. Well, thanks very much, Richard. We really appreciate your time um, and running through those uh, specific projects in particular, uh, and watch for with interest of how they how they end up getting resolved. Because um, you know, as we sort of touched on, data is one thing, but there's always um, other agendas and stakeholders that you've got to contend with, which we <laughs> understand. Um, yes. And you and it's you all got to go into the mix together to come up with the you know the solution ultimately. So, be interesting to to catch up with you again on those um, in the yeah. future and. Maybe we can do that in person soon too, now that we're going to think, yeah, hopefully, so. hopefully so. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks very much for joining us. And, no um, worries. Thanks. Yep. Good to see you. We'll speak to you again soon, Simon. Cheers. Thanks, Richard. Yeah, no. Bye. Bye.